0: Welcome back to another episode, guys. I am so glad that you are here. And I honestly just want to dive straight into this episode because the lovely guest that I have on today is Aviva, who is an absolute queen singer, songwriter young adult author, and her second book is actually due out next week, which you're going to hear all about um, as soon as I get into the episode. But firstly, I want to say a nice warm welcome to author Katrina Marie, who has just joined us on the Writer's Advice Patreon um, membership. So anyone who wants to get all the episodes before They're officially released, or want to find out who is coming up and ask the authors any particular questions, please go and join us there. The link is in the um, bio, and there's also a book club membership where you get some of the books sent to your door as well. I also wanted to say an absolute thank you to everyone who got about my brand new release of my book last week, last week it was, last Friday. for have we met before if you are an absolute romance lover then this is something I recommend for you and you can actually download the first two pages still for the next couple of weeks I'm going to leave that up so um, you can download the first couple of pages I will put that in the show notes if you want to have a little bit of a sneak preview um, or you can find it on my website which is uh, sorry on my Instagram which is at Olivia Hillier Author. Um, Without further ado, guys, here is this week's episode. Excellent. Welcome back, listeners. I am very, very, very excited because this week on the podcast, I am joined by Aviva, who is an incredible author, singer, songwriter, musician, just traveling the world right now. So I'm very, very excited that you joined us today. Thank you so much for joining the Writer's Advice podcast.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's my absolute pleasure to be here.
0: Now, I had to get you on because I I actually listened to Selfless on Audible and I devoured it in two days. And I really want to get into so many themes and um, yeah, everything about the book, but I want to take it back all the way from the start because you have had oh you are having an incredible overall creative career so I want to know one how that came about in your life and why you decided to go down um, the creative path that you have and where writing came in to that in particular
1: well thank you personally um, <laughs> two days is a good sign you must have really liked it so that's (laughs) great that's great feedback and the audiobook that I um narrated so even even better (laughs) but um I guess for me having a creative career has always been the only thing I've had any interest in genuinely Mm -hmm. um it's all I've wanted to do in all different facets and ways that you can have a creative career I've kind of been interested and even when I was in primary school I wanted to be a musician and I wanted to be a writer and those two things were the kind of driving forces that got me through school and oftentimes people will be like okay first musical writing but there's actually no first they always coexisted as interests for me and passions and I think fundamentally it comes back to storytelling and the ability to express myself and I don't think that there are any better mediums than writing music and writing stories in which an individual can do that so they just fit perfectly to me and I know that to some people they're like well you know you can only be good at one thing but I disagree with that and I think that us as people um, have been kind of programmed to think that you can only really focus on one thing or be good at one thing, because I mean, I'm not going to go into like a pedagogical discussion of education. I was a high school teacher, but there is a lot that harks back to the industrial revolution. And when schooling shifted and the focus went to creating human computers, because they didn't have computers, but now a lot of that, it's going to slowly start to shift back and people will see that, you know, passion-based focus can be dual-focused or multi-focused. And that's a good thing. So I've always been like that um, because, yeah, I just, I guess it's about being heard and being seen. And that's what the creative life allows me to do. It allows me to To tell stories, my stories and the stories that I witness of people around me in ways that are fun and creative, not like always true or linear or literal.
0: That's amazing. And was it always like when you said that that was just genuinely exactly what you wanted to do from primary school, was that really nurtured in you young as well? Like it it was encouraged to to keep your creativity? Yeah. Definitely. Um, I have always been encouraged
1: in my creativity I've always been sort of supported and I'm very lucky that I come from a family where both sides both my mom and my dad's side of the family have always been so incredibly encouraging and supportive of everything I've done since I was young um coming to like music recitals reading stories that I've written like I I guess that's really important especially to a young person and to children growing up to to have that sort of supported allows you to go hey this is cool like maybe I should keep doing it people people think it's okay because if somebody is knocking you back then you're not gonna view it with such a positive sort of scope but um so I was lucky to have that but also I think that um I was lucky at school especially in high school, I always say like my music teacher and my English teacher were my two favourite teachers and they were the reason that I even studied education because they really inspired me and helped me because I found high school really difficult because I was more eccentric and um, definitely more creative and that can be really hard, especially within a school environment which is catered towards a very particular kind of academia And I just didn't really care about that kind of academia because I was like, art, make art in every form. And that's still not seen as like the same tier as some of the other subjects like maths and um, even history and science.
0: Yeah. And I love that though, because that genuine part of you comes through in everything that you do. And I just like, the the thing that got me so much about Selfless was. As a writer, you sometimes you go to read books from a writer's perspective, and so when I first started, well, I was listening to it. I was reading it when I first started listening to it. I was like, "Wow, this theme is really great." And I tried to keep with the theme, but I got so lost in the story. <laughs> I got so lost in the world, and it's so good. And just the genuine theme, I I just want to like spread when it comes to creativity so for people who haven't read it do you want to give a little bit of a of a synopsis of of selfless
1: yeah in the briefest way I can yeah. <laughs> um, I'd like to say um selfless is a book set in a world where creativity and self-expression are illegal and they're punishable by a rule a, a council rule called sanitization and The main character Teddy, she's just graduated from high school, and they go through these occasions where they're told what job they'll have, who they'll marry, what their life package essentially looks like. And she discovers what sanitization really is, and she discovers what her life is going to look like at the same moment that she discovers that some of those things that she was taught and brought up to believe in are actually lies. And so she goes through this journey of self discovery whilst also unpacking this sort of insidious deception through the governing body, which is called the um, Metropolis City Council. And she makes friends and falls in love and discovers that the world is a lot more colourful than she's ever known it to be.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's such it's such a beautiful story with, yeah, really great strong themes. But, um, yeah, you absolutely get lost in a completely different world it's um yeah it's really great so was that the first book that you ever wrote or were there some before that yeah selfless was the first book that I'd written fully
1: and completely and finished because I um I'd started outlining a different book a different series at a different time and that was the first book that I was going to work on But then I had this idea with the music and um, I talked to Mateus, who, you know, is the other half of Aviva. I say he manages Aviva and we write all the music together. And and so I was like, I have this idea. What if I wrote a story and it was like one chapter for every song or one short story for every song set in this world? And it's like, that's really cool. And I was like, yeah. But then I realized one chapter for every song is going to become like, that's a really long album. A lot of songs. Book, you know, could have like say 30 to 40 chapters. Turns out Selfless has 52 chapters. So that would have been a lot of songs. <laughs> so it became more the songs sat within moments in the book, key moments, the songs. I never really say what is what because I want the people that are listening to be the ones who can decide what they like or what they feel um, is the right fit for the moment yeah I'm not gonna tell you what your emotions are but I did that and so then I started this other story that's also set within the world and I got about halfway through this book then I was like no these two boys because that story's stories about these two boys I'm like these two boys they're coming in at a later point and I need someone that that's in there from the start so then I started selfless and it was a novella. So it was much shorter. And then I was like, this story is much longer than this. And then it goes on from there. So that original book that I started writing, I am, I've almost finished it, but that actually includes um, one of the main characters from relentless and it's his backstory. So that's kind of a fun secret side. But um, yeah, selfless was the first full book that I'd written. And then since then I've written four other books But um, Relentless is the next one. I haven't released anything else other than
0: Selfless, so not missing anything. (laughs) How do you go with that too? Because I know in the music industry can, I mean, you've still got holdups, but the literary industry, it takes a lot longer from when you've finished a book to when you finally get to see it published as opposed to um, putting putting a song out there. So yeah, how have you found that process? (laughs) Um, I find it very frustrating it's one of the reasons that I chose to remain
1: independent as a musician because um, I don't super love people telling me when I can and can't put out my art that I worked on that I created I think that we live in a day and age where It is pretty easy, despite what people will tell you, it is pretty easy to get things together within two weeks. And um, consumers are definitely, you know, able to keep up with the flow of content. And I think it's important as creators to be able to provide that content as long as it's quality. I don't think that putting out a lot of content degrades your content in any way, which is the natural narrative that they have been saying for so long that's actually just a defense mechanism for corporations who can't keep up <laughs> um, I <so> love that. <laughs> it's it, and it's actually it's really true because some people work at a faster pace and like me for example I finished selfless the first draft in 2017 so technically the book had been around for a long time before it was printed so it's very feasible for me to have written more since then but um, the the music machine is not as slow as the publishing machine and the music machine is slow. So <laughs> do with that what you will. That's one of the reasons, like I said, that that I'm independent because as well, I like to be able to sort of dart and pivot and move where my audience is. If I put out a song and it's heavier and it's a bit more rock and people were like, yeah, then I can go, hey, I, I was going to put out this more like a softer song or Control and luxury. So that is one of the things that I think um, I think about a lot in publishing and in the book world and things like that. Because I I know what it's like to finish a book and be like, I would really like to just read the next book, or I would like to choose when I read the next book and not have to wait and forget. Because sometimes you forget what happens in the book if you wait too long. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to reread it.
0: It isn't always a bad thing, but it is always in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah. And then oh gosh, there's there's so much more I could I could go into that. That's probably a whole other <laughs>
1: long podcast I like could sit and chat to you. <laughs> um
0: so selfless. Now you said that you started with this world, like you were definitely you know intertwined you know you wanted to really write this world what when I'm sure you have a lot of ideas coming through when it comes to um writing and creating in general what how how do you go ahead with the ones that you choose like how do you know what ones to yeah I'm definitely gonna write that one as opposed yeah, to yeah,
1: good question. I find it can be quite difficult. I'm very um obsessive and um. I get kind of a little uh, uh, tunnel minded when it comes to certain things. So once I have an idea, it it doesn't take very long for me to sort of see the whole thing, see all the characters, see the setting, really get attached to it. And sometimes that's good because it's a great idea. And sometimes the idea is a great idea, but it's just nothing that I'm interested in and I can waste time going down this rabbit hole. And then I get to the end of the outline and I'm like, yeah, I'd watch this, but I don't really want to be the one that, Writes it, or I'd read this, but I don't really feel like writing it. So I've learned to become a bit more discerning in terms of how easily it flows. And I know that there's an element of creativity that isn't easy. And I think the more you do something, the more you write, the more you learn to discern the difference between um good challenge and bad challenge. And there are people that say every challenge is a good challenge, but that's fine if you're a hobbyist and this isn't your career. <laughs> if you're a professional in a field, sometimes bad challenge is just wasting your time, pushing water up a hill, and you don't have to do every idea that you ever have. And I think that's one of the problems with people that start and starting out in a creative field, even with visual arts as well, all different types of creativity. Sometimes there's this whole thing like, will I ever have another idea like this? Better pursue it. and. Oftentimes you're actually better off ditching an idea that you're not super passionate about, because otherwise the only person that you're gonna affect is yourself. <clears throat> so I I've become much better at going, no, this is worth putting that energy into. Because when you're working on something, you know, you're putting that energy, you're putting your essence into it. And that's very, you know, that's special or that's magical or it's precious or whatever you want to call it you need to be mindful of where you put your energy and so I'm more mindful but I also am like I said very obsessive and quite meta and I have created a world web in which every book sits in an alternate world but they all can map to each other regardless of their genre. And it's a very complicated system that I will one day reveal. But now I judge a book based on its ability to fit into that web. And if it doesn't fit easily into the web, then I put it to the side. But if it fits within this world web that I've created, then I'm like, ooh. And then I follow the
0: strings of the web, (laughs) Oh my god that is amazing. Like <laughs> just, what a great way to do it. I'm I'm like and also I do feel like you have created the world that you were meant to create because it you know the way that you're speaking about creativity now and what is exactly in selfless is just amazing. So thanks thanks for gifting that to the world. <laughs> now when it comes to what, 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 the art of writing, I one I've, I've got a couple of questions on this. I'd really love to know Firstly, how you've found the difference between songwriting all the way to, you know, writing novels and, you know, how you intertwine them or how you do differently or how you see that one helps the other or which brain states to get in, et cetera.
1: <laughs> okay. um, well, they are very different yeah. <clears throat> for obvious reasons. I find, I guess the biggest difference is the quantity. Mm-hmm. When you're writing a song, it's more like writing a poem with repetition in essence there are three parts to a song four if you have a bridge um, five if you have a pre-chorus but two of those five parts are repeated because the pre-chorus and the chorus are repeated and um, I used to write lyrics that were really complicated and then I wrote lyrics that were moderately complicated and that's what I settled on because when you write things that are too complicated it's it can be more difficult for people to connect with And with music, you don't have the time for people to muck around. You want them to connect as quickly as possible. So my songwriting, I try to be very succinct and I try to be a little bit cryptic, but not too cryptic. And I try to be, um, I don't know, like I try to use a lot of imagery, which is why I say all the songs, every single song is about an experience, a personal experience in my life. Some songs are about the same experience. Like I've got like five songs that are about the same thing, but I don't tell people what that is because mm-hmm. it's irrelevant to them. And I think we live in a day and age now where, with music in particular, there's this kind of expectation that you have to divulge everything as an artist, as a musician, as a songwriter. Yeah. You need to be very explicitly clear um, with what your song's about. And me as the listener has the right to know it's my right. To know and I think that that's a bunch of rubbish and it's nobody's right to know because it's personal and just because you've chosen to put something out doesn't mean you've chosen to put out all the information like
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh. yes yeah, so, <laughs> so that's how I use songwriting it's like Sorry, it's I how I to to that's how I choose to vent my emotions and to cleanse myself essentially I find it cathartic and therapeutic and songwriting is quick and it's easy and if a song takes me more than 90 minutes to write then it's that's it I'm done Don't at it again yeah so that's very different when I'm writing a book I write an outline and I finish my outline I write a first draft very quickly usually within a few days Once I finish that, I go back through and I just keep going through. And every time I edit and go through the book and read the book again, I add more layers, more layers, more layers. And then you get to a point where you're like, well, I've added enough layers and you edit it again and you remove layers, remove layers, remove layers. And so that's how I write. So it's much longer. It's more in-depth. It's more... um, I guess it's more thinky except for that first draft, whereas my songwriting is a lot more organic and free-flowing. I don't like using an outline. I hate it if I'm in a songwriting session and somebody's like, let's write down our themes and work from there. I'm like, how about we don't? <laughs> My job. <laughs> and that comes with time and experience. And and I wasn't like that. At first I was really timid and scared. And I, I don't love songwriting sessions, but when I do them now, I'm much better at sort of working collaboratively. And you have to be, if you want to be a professional author, you have to to work collaboratively because when you work with editors, um, you have to be open-minded about people's stuff. And that is the one thing I think songwriting gifted me. It was the ability to see the benefits of collaboration Mm. and to be able to collaborate full stop because the amount of people that I've spoken to and editors and I've worked with different editors at different stages and yada, yada, who have said wow, you're so different to other writers. And I'm like, I think that's because I'm not coming from this, you know, like in my writing cave, never worked with anyone before submitting this book that is my baby. And Mm. like, like, no, don't touch it. Whereas I'm like, yeah, I've sat in rooms with a bunch of men telling me that my ideas weren't relatable when I'm talking about a very womanly experience that they would have no perception of. Like, okay, my idea is not relatable. Cool. <laughs> and and people have these ideas and sometimes you're like, okay. And then sometimes secretly you're like, no, actually, I think you're right. That wasn't very relatable. No one's going to understand what I meant. So you learn to listen and to learn. And every every person, even people you don't like or you don't like their opinions, have something to offer you. If you're willing to listen, everybody, even people you don't agree with, you can learn from in some way, in some capacity, even if it's not what they think they're teaching you.
0: Yeah, 100%. And you sound like you've created a really great balance with, with the feedback, like with, whether it's working with an editor or, or a songwriting session of like what to take on and, and then also no, this is definitely the way I, you know, it's finding that balance between all of it and what you're going to take from it. How how do you do that really quickly?
1: Yeah. It becomes a little bit like the little boy who cried wolf. If you're always saying no to people when it's something you actually care about, you lose control. But if you're willing to, to dance with people and go yes when it's a yes, When it's a real no and something that you really want or something that's really important to you, everyone's going to listen. Everyone's going to go, no, she means it this time. So I think that's really important to remember. If you're just like, no, this is my art all the time, people are going to be like, okay,
0: and they're (laughs) never going to believe you they're not going to take you seriously (laughs) yeah yeah it's finding that balance that's so good and excellent advice um what what other advice would you give up and coming authors the things that you've learned gone through um yeah that you pass on to someone who might be working on their first manuscript right now
1: I think to anyone working on their first manuscript I would say the three things would be the first one would be um listen to other people because if you're working with an editor, they've written and done more than you. So shut up. You're not amazing. You're learning. <laughs> and that also goes for somebody that's writing their 30th manuscript. Because the reality is, like we said before, you always have something to learn, even if it's not what you think. So it's better to just listen to people, smile and nod, and then go from there. Shutting people down from the start. just You just don't do yourself any favors. And I see it happen so often and it's a defense mechanism but it can be untaught. The second thing is if you're serious about something you will find time to do it. The amount of times I've read on like writer blogs or on some newbie writer Instagram and musician Instagrams as well but particularly writers are notorious at this when people are like I just can't wait to do this when I quit my job or if only I I would do this or all these sort of like excuse things. When I wrote Selfless, I was doing music full-time and I was teaching full-time. And I wrote every morning at 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. And then I wrote every weekend for six hours, Saturday and Sunday. And I did music every night from 7 till 10. So if you're passionate about something and it's what you really want, you'll do it and you'll find time to do it. And you won't really complain. You'll Mm -hmm. just do it. It's your love, and you cannot live without it. It is the air that you must breathe. And for me, creativity is essential, and it's why it's the main theme in the book and it's the main theme in my life. Living a creative life is essential to me to survive in every facet. And so I just did what I had to do. And I just get really frustrated when I see people being like, it's just so hard to find the time. I think that's true. And for some people, some people are working through jobs, but you know, when you're on the bus to get to your job, you could do a page and one page a day ends up being seven pages a week. And that adds up pretty quickly, you know, 365 days. If you wrote one page, you would end up with a finished manuscript by the end. So none
0: of that. I have no time BS. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. It's, it's choose your hard, right? Like you can, it's hard to find time or it's hard to, not actually live the life that you want to be living if you really love it to you know make it happen. So that's amazing. Totally. Now yeah. you told me exactly. your schedule you just made happen, obviously with music, teaching, writing. Now you're traveling the world yeah. and, and touring. I don't know. How where are you fitting writing in now?
1: I try to live with a lot of structure. Um I try capital T try um to to have routine I crumble without routine I really don't do well without routine um so I try to get up around the same time every day I try to it's it's raining right now I'm in England and it's raining and it's the first day that's rained in the morning so it's the first day I haven't been able to go for a walk in the morning Um, so I try to get up go for a walk come back have a cup of tea sit down reread what I just did yesterday and then get started I did make a mistake and this could be an interesting learning opportunity for people I made the mistake when I was editing relentless I had this one month window Um, but as always when you're working with other people the one month window could actually just be a one-week window or a two-week window because things change and it wasn't a one-month It ended up being like an eight-day window between edits. And I was going to write this first draft in that month of this new book that I'm working on. And um, it was like eight days. And then I got edits back. And I really don't like working on anything else when I'm working in that intense editing because you just want to stay in the headset. But I was like, I've got a whole month and I've got this outline finished. I just want to get this book so I can start editing it as soon as Relentless is done. So I started it and I wasn't able to finish it because it was eight days. And I still had other work at that time. And so now I've got this draft that is two thirds finished and I'm breaking the cardinal sin of going back and like rereading what I've got and editing what I've got to get to the end because I just got so out of the flow. Mm. So this trip, I was meant to be editing, but I'm actually sort of editing and writing the first draft at the same time which is a bit sneaky. So I'm going back, I'm writing, like I'm editing maybe two chapters and then I'm going to the end and I'm writing a chapter or two. So I'm trying to do that every day. Obviously, when you're traveling, there are days when you have to get up really early to go to an airport and then you're in the airport for a few hours and then you're on the airplane. I don't work on the plane because planes are disgusting and I just try to, to zone out. So I put on a mask, eye mask, and then noise cancelling headphones and I listen to an audiobook and, and sleep. But otherwise, that's my routine. Morning, walk, tea, work. And then I finish it about midday and do all the other stuff that I have to do. Obviously, sometimes you have things in the morning and you have to change. You have to be flexible. You can't be so stringent that like everything must revolve around this one little routine because that's not how the world works. But getting up, going, through a walk having a cup of tea and at least looking and I do that even if I can't, I don't have time to do the writing until later that day I'll always read over what I did the day before
0: keep it fresh and then throughout the day I can be just like percolating I love deep. that that's a great routine and that's how you, that's how you get shit done <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: and that's what's your favorite part of the process a little bit every day adds up to being a lot
0: in the end literally the power of the page literally just start absolutely um what is your favorite part of the writing process um originally I would have said oh
1: that first draft it's just so exciting finding out what happens and meeting the characters yada yada but I would say now The whole thing holds different appeal because by the time I finish the first draft, I'm done and I'm ready to go back and edit it and make it good. But then by the time I finish the edit, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so ready for the final edits where I'm just looking for little things. And then when I finish that, I'm like, I'm so ready to start a new book and meet new people. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think that there's any one part that I love more than any other part because everything is great when you start and you're tired of it when you finish it it's just like a full marathon really isn't it it's just like it really is and it's like it's an emotional roller coaster and I get very um sort of when I'm in in the thick of it um I get really serious and and I can just be like frowning and I'm just trying to like smooth out my frown lines right now um I'm like frowning in the middle of the day randomly and so I'd be like what's wrong like is something wrong? And I'll be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just thinking about something that happened to someone. And then I'll be like, they're not even a real person. No, don't worry. The dra- dragons are not real. So this okay.
0: You do have those moments where you get lost in a different world and it's like, okay, like I need to actually come back, come back to this. It's like
1: when you're really into a, like a TV show or a book and you're like upset about something that happens and then you're like, these aren't real people. It's Okay. <laughs>
0: Or the fact that you technically kind of did that to them, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. What, what messed up evil person would
1: put them in that situation? Oh, wait a second! <laughs>
0: oh, it's so relatable. Yeah, it's a hard world. <laughs> now, Relentless comes out on the tenth of August. I'm correct in that in saying that, yes. I yes um but it is available for pre-sale now are you I able believe to give so. us- it'll be available by the 10th we'll be able to get it i just can't remember if it's the night before the 10th <laughs> okay around there the pre-sale is out now yeah so everyone can pre-order it right now
1: <laughs> yeah pre-order go yes. as soon yes. as it finishes go and pre-order it because it's it's even better than selfless in my opinion oh my gosh um, <laughs> and i can't wait i can't wait to get like it was responses like, I can't wait to know what you think of it because again, it's that whole thing. More people had read Selfless when it came out before it had come out than Relentless. Only a handful of people have ever read Relentless. So I'm like biting my nails at the edge of my seat just to see what people think of it. Um, But I really love it. And I really love how the characters grow and how we see them grow and change. And that was one of the interesting things I think because the book is, YA is not a genre, it's a classification and people mm-hmm. always get that mixed up. The book is speculative fiction. That's the genre, which is a subset of fantasy and science fiction. But YA is the classification. So that's the age groups. So that's the sort of like the age of the characters. They're young adults. There are certain things to expect, coming of age tropes. And we forget that teenagers don't have fully formed brains. And when traumatic events happen to anybody, certain things happen, and so Kit is a perfect example of that. When you read my book, there's a character called Kit, and she makes some decisions that, from an adult brain, you're like, "Wow, why would you do that? It's so like dumb for lack of a better term, like you're being dumb. But it's really fun and relentless. We get to see her we get to see her growing and learning, and, and I love that. Because that's what happens to real people, and these people are real. Somewhere in some version of reality.
0: Yeah, and also when you read YA, and I, I know a lot, like a lot of adults still read YA because it, it puts you back in that really? emotional state when everything was so much more heightened. And like, or, yeah. like something can happen now that you don't, you know, take on maybe as much as you did back then, and it it almost puts you right back in that state. I love it. <laughs>
1: So you don't have
0: the tools that you have as you get older, you slowly
1: get the tools to sort of process these things. Whereas then you're like, oh yeah, this is the yeah. end. Maybe it's not the end. And then sometimes things happen. There are some things in my book and they really are the end. Um, they're very distressing and they should be upset
0: and they rightfully are. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Relentless. So everyone, if you haven't um read selfless yet make sure you get yourself a copy I actually really highly recommend the audible because you you read that so well it was Thank so you. great you, did you do any like voice coaching for that or that just came naturally to you no no that's
1: just me that's I studied amazing.
0: acting in theater at uni I was a drama teacher so, it's so I'm very good. About it. <laughs>
1: but um yes yes I I'm available to read audiobooks for anybody who'd like Honestly, it's really, really I really good. enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was challenging, but it was also really fun. And yeah, it's happening for Relentless too.
0: So perfect. <laughs> awesome. So yes, go and read selfless. Um, pre-order relentless. And if anyone wants to get in contact with you, where's the best place to find you?
1: Uh, I'm on all the social medias and I'm very engaged on there. So like Instagram, you can find me. Email, I'm generally pretty good. Um, But Instagram DMs are probably the best way to get in touch. And tag me. like I always look for things that I'm tagged in. So if you read the book, give me a tag and I'll come over to your post and I'll definitely come and say hi. (laughs) Perfect. That's the way
0: to do it. Thank you so much for that, Aviva. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. I had the best time.